Hey Vikings fans, welcome to episode number one, week one of the Vikings.com postgame report podcast. It's a somber version as we're recording this on a Monday morning instead of a Sunday night. There were a few flights missed yep. yesterday for Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber due to the overtime affair that took place at Paul Brown Stadium, a disappointing affair at Paul Brown Stadium. 27-24 to as the Cincinnati Bengals defeat the Minnesota Vikings following a big-time throw on a fourth and one from quarterback Joe Burrow to C.J. Uzoma, the tight end, following with a game-winning field goal from the Florida rookie McPherson uh, makes his second field goal of the game to take the 27-24 to victory in Week 1 over your Minnesota Vikings. So with that, from the TCO Radio Studios, I bring in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson. Give us your initial reactions here as we sit here the day after a tough, tough loss in Week 1 for our Vikings. I think it's tough to say. Well, I, I think the obvious thing to say is that we beat ourselves. I mean, you, you listen to Zimmer's press conference. You listen to pretty much everyone's press conference. You're not going to win many games um, making well having 10 penalties in the first half. Uh, there were 14 penalties overall. 12 of those penalties were accepted. Um, but out of, out of the gate, I mean, C.J. Ham first play of the game. Usually the first play of the game is the one that defines your season, and I'm hoping this doesn't define our season. But first play of the game, C.J. Ham false start. And that that's not what you want to see, especially from a veteran fullback uh, like him. And, man, it, we just went in the wrong direction. Um, our third down average for yards to go, at I guess going into the third quarter was 22 yards, 22 to 23 yards. So we were in third and 20, well, third and long pretty much the entire first half. And you're not going to win many games like that. I think the defense played really good. Um, you know, towards the end, they started to get worn down a little bit just because they were on the field so much. The, the offense, it took them a little while to, to put some drives together. The drives that we did have were just – um, false starts or holdings and this and that. But the defense, I think they play really well. Michael Pierce, two sacks. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson had a lot of double teams, so that freed Michael Pierce up. And um, I know Mike said, you know, even though he did have a good game, Joe Mixon still had 120 yards, and him and Dalvin Tomlinson were brought in to stop the run. I don't I don't put all of that on them. I just put that on, I mean, this Cincinnati Bengals offense, they, they schemed us up really well in the second half. They stopped running. They stopped running isos and traps and, and inside zones. They started doing stretch plays, outside zones, running to, running to where Daniil Hunter was not. And hats off to them. I mean, they they had a, a great game plan. But I think it all goes down to we beat ourselves. You not you're not going to win many games having 12 penalties for 116 yards. So you live and you learn. You you hope you can fix it and, and get ready for a talented Arizona Cardinals team. I really like you bringing up that first drive there where you see false start penalty after false start penalty. I believe two were on C.J. Ham. Yep. Uh, you saw Dalvin Cook, number 33, throwing his arms up saying, let's go, I want to get this season going. I We've been waiting so long for this drive that we didn't get to see the entire offense together out on the field throughout preseason. And you start like that with a bunch of false starts, and it seemed like every drive to start off this game for the Vikings, the first few drives, there were third and long, second and long, yeah. just plays, just positions where you don't want to be in on the road. And, and Kirk Cousins certainly looked like it took him a little time to get comfortable out there, yeah. which could be a result of not having too many reps in preseason and, and just it being a different year. Who knows? But And I attribute that to just not being able to 
run the plays that they have planned out. I mean, you I maybe mean, got four penalties in the first two and a half minutes. And for Kirk, it's like, well, I want to throw the ball down the field, but I got to throw check downs and then I have to worry about the blitz and I got to worry about what the pressure that's coming. So it's hard for quarterbacks to get into a groove knowing that he's already backed up and he's working against the yard marker. So it didn't work in our favor. I think once the game progressed, Kirk was still thinking about that a little bit. He was like, okay, well, and rightfully so. Like, can I throw the ball down the field? Like, or am I going to get a holding penalty? You know, and, and that, that comes with, you know, not controlling your own destiny, not controlling what you can control, just overthinking. And I don't know. I think Kirk had a really good game, but just just not put in the best position to succeed due to the penalties. Yeah, Kirk threw for two touchdowns in this game, no interceptions, and certainly could have had a third touchdown on a big-time play to Justin Jefferson, who seemed to stretch his arm into the end zone, and that play was called back. Dalvin Cook ends up running the ball in a few plays later, so it doesn't really hurt the Vikings other than losing a timeout on the challenge by head coach Mike Zimmer. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the calls with the refs because you covered a lot of what happened that we could control, which certainly there was more than enough to not make any excuses. But it seemed like that was a tough play that was reviewed by the referees and, and still not overturned as it looked like Justin Jefferson had not touched the floor at all or the ground, whatever you want to call it, as his arm stretches over the the goal line, I, I just don't see how that wasn't a touchdown. Um, like I said, it doesn't end up costing yeah. the Vikings as much. Um, but then you look towards a play later in the game, the play that did cost the Vikings the game. There could have been many um, that we explain have cost the Vikings the game, but this was one that gave the Bengals the ball to then go win the game when Dalvin Cook fumbles the ball or the referees say he fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, as it looked like his, his lower behind – hit the ground did it not it looked like it did from the camera angles that I was seeing I was in the booth with uh, Paul Allen and uh, Pete Bursich and looking at the the replay on the screen that was showed to the fans and everyone that was in the stadium it looked like his butt was hit the ground yeah it it hit the ground I say lower behind because it looked like it was like right below that area that touched the surface of the grass right before the ball was being nestled out of mm-hmm. his control. You're talking about JJ or Dalvin? I'm talking about Dalvin. Yeah, da- it, it looked like his butt was on the ground yeah. before. Um, who was was that? Jesse Bates that that stripped it out. It was. Yeah, it, and I think if Dalvin had showed some reaction afterwards, right? Like when he was when they caught it a fumble, if he would have been like, "No, I was down," like pointing at the ground, I think they would have called. He was down on the ground and then went to the booth for a review but since he didn't have a reaction you know what i'm talking about right yep yep since he didn't have a reaction it was more so like okay well the running back's not acting like he you know was down so we're going to rule it a fumble and then we're going to review it i think there wasn't enough evidence to prove that his belt was down i think this was like the 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 fourth or fifth game on on fox or wherever was it nbc or fox that it was shown it was fox and i I like that you bring that up because uh, Paul Allen said this on Between the Lines yeah. with you guys. He said, because we were the third or fourth game, yeah. there weren't as many camera angles to show that. I think Dalvin- there were eight camera angles, and there's yeah. usually like 10 to 12. If it was like a, a A or B game, I think this upcoming Sunday is a B game. But if there was an A or B game, there would, be, there would have been more camera angles. But still, at the same time, you still have the, the replay officials that are in the booth or that are in New York that are still looking at other camera angles. But still, it's like you, you got to call that 
on the ground. Like you got to you got to say the ball the you got to say the, the the running back was down before he fumbled and then go to the play call and then go to the boot to review the play. Same thing with Justin. I think every time somebody scores a touchdown, they automatically go to the booth to, to make sure it's a touchdown. Yep. So you don't have to, to waste the time out on Justin Jefferson's um, uh, challenge, that Mike Zimmer challenge. But like Adam said, just going back to the Dalvin fumble, Dalvin, he's going to beat himself over it. But all the guys know in the locker room, the game should have never came down to that play. Yes. And if it did, you hope the referees call it right because, I mean, the Vikings, all they needed was a first down and they could have just ran a clock out and kicked a field goal. Like that was – the game was in our possession at that point. We had just got to – And that's why it hurts so much because we're right there. Yep. You have all the momentum after Greg Joseph hits an, an unbelievable career-long yep. 53-yard field goal mm-hmm. uh, after being iced where it seemed like he missed the field goal right. but then ends up hitting it uh, with ice in his veins. Yeah. And, and hits the big time game tire at the end of regulation, and and the same thing happened with the Vikings yep. when McPherson, the kicker uh, from the rookie from Florida, goes to kick the game winning field goal for the Bengals. Mike Zimmer calls timeout, mm-hmm. doesn't get seen until he kicks it, misses it, yep. and then goes on to convert on the game winning kick. So I yeah. want to I, I, I want to ask you about this because you mentioned it before. Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. twenty nine attempts, one hundred and twenty seven yards. Um, and a rushing touchdown in the game. And I really liked your point earlier on in the show about the fact that they decided pretty early on that they weren't going to run up the middle at that wall that the Mm -hmm. Vikings have created in free agency with Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. They were running stretch plays. They were running tosses. They were running outside zone schemes. Uh, Zach Taylor, the, the young coach, head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, seemed like he had a game plan, and they really stuck through it throughout this game. Yeah, and, and like I said, hats off to those guys for sticking with their game plan. They, I mean, to their defense, they were they were never really in in a third and long situation, or, or I put it this: they were they were not in as many third and long situations as us. So their their playbook was was able to, they were able to go deep in their playbook and find plays. And now you saw us in the three four front early early on in the game, and we were having a bare front. We had you know five down linemen or three down linemen and two stand up defensive ends. So for Zach Zach Thomas, he's just like, we've never seen this type of defense. We figured Mike Zimmer would be running a 4-3. So it was tough for them to adjust in the first half. So, you know, they they have coaches in the booth also. Oh, we we haven't seen this. Oh, it's looking like they don't want us to run inside. So second half, let's make some adjustments and run it outside. And Mike Zimmer, you know, he he made his defense very multiple. Um, The first two series, we were 3-4, but we we went back to a 4-3 front um, later in the game. So... Once we went to that 4-3 front, Zach Thomas is like, okay, well, Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce is in, and then we got Riley Reef, and we're going to double uh, Daniel, Daniel Hunter on the backside. So let's just run it wherever Daniel Hunter is not. Stephen Weatherly, DJ Wanham, they played a good game, but some of those plays, I mean, they were just able to get the ball on the corner. And I feel like that's all the game plan was for them in the second half. Just get it to the corner and let's just live with the results. Um, I think our linebackers could have did a little bit of better of a job scraping, getting out, and making sure they weren't reached on the outside. But still, those guys get paid too. I think Eric Kendricks wished he could have had uh, this game back. He did have 15 tackles. But some of those outside zone runs, I'm sure he he wished he could have took you know some better angles on, on some of those plays. But this is the NFL. Those guys get paid too. Hats off to those guys. We did adjust. We only gave up 10 points in that second half. I mean, I'll, the, the defense, I think the defense did a really good job of – 
adjusting and, and bending but not breaking. Yeah, the defense certainly had a ton of big-time stops, three and outs throughout the second half to make adjustments and help the Vikings offense get back in this game. And that was one that, that I, you know, early on in the game, Joe Burrow was moving the ball up and down yeah. the field. I mean, 20 for 27, 261 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of those yards in the passing game came in the first half yeah. when he was really able to move the ball up and down the field. Uh, I was talking about this throughout the week. The Bengals have some big-time targets for Joe Burrow, from Jamar Chase at LSU, who Justin Jefferson is certainly familiar with, a big-time touchdown in this game, 50-yard completion from Joe Burrow and 101 yards and five receptions. And T. Higgins, man, he is quite the player. The the routes he was running? I think T. Higgins is going to be the future of the NFL. The routes he was running on RDBs, 58 yards and a touchdown, but he certainly – uh, became an issue for the Vikings early on in this game. And we know the season he had last year and the player he was at Clemson. Man, oh, man. Yeah, and let's not forget about Tyler Boyd yeah. in the slot. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be a playoff team or, or win eight or nine games, but they're going to be in some tight games this year just due to their offense and their weapons on the outside. I mean, Joe Mixon is a good running back also. Samaj so P. Ryan played well also. But that that receiver position is by far the strongest position group on their team. Yeah, I certainly think so, and it was one that cost us early on in the game. As we said before, the Vikings defense really, really came to fruition there in the second half. We saw Michael Pierce uh, really show off his pass-rushing ability in this one, a spin move uh, for a sack, and and then got a second sack in this game on a, it looked like a a pass-through type pass. That's that's like the perfect, when, when you're a defensive coordinator or a defensive line coach, you always tell your defensive lineman to get your hands on the offensive line before he gets his hands on you. Yep. So Michael Pierce, that second sack, he literally punched the guy. Got the, I can't think is it Lua? I can't. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name, but <laughs> he he literally just punched him and then just waited to see where Joe Joe Burrow was and then threw him off like a rag doll or threw him off like a sheet of paper. And it was, I mean, you got a 330 pound defensive lineman running like he's 215 pounds to a quarterback. That's scary. So Joe Barrow, he didn't even try to escape. It's just like, you know what, you, you got it. Like, hats off to you. And Michael Pierce, oh, my gosh, phenomenal, phenomenal game yesterday. Really impressive to see from from the big man showing some quickness and, and some pass-rushing ability. I'm sure he learned that from Andre Patterson for sure. Uh, Daniil Hunter was a little quiet in the first yeah. half. Uh, we saw him come about in the second half with a big-time sack on a third down, I yeah. believe. Mackenzie uh, Alexander, you got to give him. That was that was a coverage sack, but still, it, it to was, your point. It definitely was a coverage sack, but I just seeing 99 take down oh. the quarterback, I oh. missed that. So. So I saw a few plays yesterday. Well, I was going back and watching some film early this morning, and Daniil Hunter was getting double teamed a lot last game. Like if you, if you, but does that happen in a three-four easier than it would happen in a in a four-three? If there if there is no linebacker blitz, yes, because you have five offensive linemen. Or say you have a tight end staying in doing max protection, you have six offensive linemen for three defenders. So yeah. for a guy in Daniil Hunter, he's getting. <laughs> he's getting double teamed by their left guard and their left tackle, basically. I mean, Riley Reef is like one-on-one. I'm taking Daniel Hunter any day of the week against Riley Reef. But since those guys practice together for four or five years, he knows how to attack Daniel Hunter. So he's checking with his his left guard, hey, Daniel is going to go outside here. If he goes on underneath, you got him here. We're just going to, you know, check uh, whatever, whatever call we have to Daniel Hunter and go from there. But you have – 
Um, your interior, your center, and your your right guard, you know, double team and Michael Pierce or Dalvin Tomlinson, and then whoever the, the outside defensive end is, Stephen Weatherly or DJ Wanham, they're getting double teamed by that by that tight end and and right tackle. So we, we were outnumbered on some of those rushes. You can tell that they did check their coverage to Daniel Hunter or to you know Ken, Eric Kendricks or whoever was. Um, lined up behind Daniil at the linebacker position because they wanted to make sure Daniil Hunter was, was stabilized. And they did a good job of that. They did a good job of that. There were some plays where I thought Daniil Hunter could have got a better pass rush, but but overall, they did their homework. Their offensive line for the Bengals did their homework and make sure Daniil Hunter was, was stabilized, like I said before. Last question for me. The obvious guy who gets all the blame for what goes wrong with the Vikings offense is the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, but I'm looking at his statistics. I see 36 for 49, 351 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Could have had a third touchdown as well. Like we said, the offense started out slow in this game. Kirk started out slow. Uh, Could have been the situations he was put in, but at the end of the day, it's a Vikings loss, and the Vikings fans aren't happy with the quarterback when the team loses. So, um, just just finish off this show with your overall takeaways from the top story of the Vikings yeah. fans following the game: Kirk Cousins and his play in Week One. I, I think if I had to give Kirk Cousins a grade for this game, I, I would give him a B plus. I think he did. Wow. I think he did enough to win the game when he had the opportunities to make plays when we were in normal. Down and distance, he made some of those plays. He put balls in tight windows. I'm just thinking of the first or second drive of the game, J.J. did a dig and threw and, – and Kirk threw the ball a little bit behind him, but it was between uh, a linebacker and a safety. Justin Jefferson dropped it. J.J. goes to the sideline. Kirk is like, dude, that's the only place I can put the ball. I expect you to make that that play, that catch. So Kirk took some shots down the field. He gave his receivers an opportunity to make some plays. There, were, there was – Maybe one sack that was inside the five yard line that I thought he held the ball a little little too long. But other than that, like he tried to improvise with his feet. He did everything you need him to do. He didn't. I put it this way: it, it, it's not Kirk Cousins' fault why we lost the game on Sunday. And I, I think there are some plays on film that we all wish he could have had back, and I'm sure he does too. But overall, uh, uh, he he had a B plus day. There were a few passes early on in the game that it seemed like he was a little late in seeing his wide receiver open or a little late with the throw. I think you mentioned the Jefferson uh, dig across the middle, which could be one of them that that you would comment on and say maybe you could have had that ball out earlier. Um, But for me, the biggest thing is when the pass rush is coming, whether it's from the outside or the inside, it seems like Kirk doesn't have the ability to feel it out um, as much as you would like in certain situations. Um, he's shown the ability. And I mean, last year, obviously, the Vikings offense was one of the best in the NFL, top five. Um, but that would be the one area that I would be hard on in this game. I put it this way. If yesterday's game was the worst that Kirk Cousins plays this year, I think Vikings fans will be excited about that because there was a lot. I think Kirk Cousins took a step in his career yesterday. Of course, every, every quarterback is going to have plays that they can take back and say, hey, I could have threw it earlier here or ran here. But I'm not giving Kirk Cousins an A. But I think a B plus, if, if that is his floor for this for this year, and you know, he can get, you know, A minuses or A's. I'm not going to say A plus, but A minuses and A's going forward. I, I think this offense is in a good position. Well, the offense better be in a good position next week as we head to Arizona with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who put up 
I don't even I don't even want to remember how many points they put up yesterday. Well, <laughs> Kyle, I think thirty five, something <laughs> like that. Thirty five was it forty? I mean, every time I looked, DeAndre Hopkins had another touchdown or Christian Kirk or whatever it might or Chandler be. Chandler Jones had a sack. Yeah, they played quite the game against the Tennessee Titans and man, it was quite the game to see. And the Vikings better be ready on all facets of offense and defense if they want to slow down that offense and slow down Chandler Jones. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball. So for Gabe Henderson, Chris Corso, and of course Ben Lieber, who we missed on this episode, this has been the Vikings postgame report. The Vikings lose 27-24 to in overtime at Paul Brown Stadium. We will see you next week.